even in a stronger way. But the scripture says, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So that lets us know that God is always talking. So that we need to always be listening. So I want you to pray for those hands that you're holding. That the Father would begin to speak to their hearts. In a real and in a significant way. And that they would most importantly once he speaks respond to his voice. Come on, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, we're praying with expectation. Come on, we're praying tonight. Exodus 
third chapter. You can also put your finger in the seventh chapter. Exodus, the second book of the Bible. Exodus is the book of the escaping, the departing, the deliverance. Would you just prophesy to somebody and say, you're coming out of some things tonight. Glory to God. Find somebody else and say the same thing. Say, you're coming out of some things tonight. is two believers. That's all I need. I, that's, that's it. See, I'm not old, but I'm not new to this. I used to teach Sunday for Bible class in a, in a house church with no heat to six people. You be in there with coats on. My hands be numb teaching. I'm not intimidated by no sitting saints. But I do speak to spirits that saints are in agreement with. Y'all don't hear me. So we come out of agreement with your apathy tonight. I want you to find two more people and say, you are coming out of some things tonight. Exodus chapter number number three verses seven through 17 and then we're going to read one verse in chapter seven I'm going to read it in your hearing but please follow along it says then the Lord said I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters I know their sufferings and I have come down to what deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. This is not literally milk and honey, but it means a land that is lush, full of opportunities. To the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, but I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. Just put your hand on your chest and say, I have sent. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and they say to me, the God of your fathers has sent to you. And they asked me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you. And God also said to Moses, 
Say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of the fathers, of the God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob has appeared to me saying, I have observed you what you have been done in Egypt. And I promise, everyone say it's a promise, that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Chapter number seven, verse number one, same book. Just that first verse there. And the Lord said to Moses, see, I want y'all to hear that again. He said to him, see, observe, pay attention to, mark it in your mind, see it with your eyesight. I have made you like God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. Spirit of the living God, help me tonight in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm be ministering for the next few moments a subject that is the theme of this conference. I am revealed. I am revealed. Would you just, I, I'm gonna have you doing a lot of self-affirmations tonight. I'm gonna just warn you now. But can you just put your hand on yourself and say, I am revealed. The so Dr. A.R. Bernard made this quote. He said, lifestyle is the way that you live out your identity. Our understanding of identity, brothers and sisters, we've been talking about it all weekend, is the condition of being oneself. It is the sense of individuality and it literally means sameness. There is a three-fold perspective of identity and it is this, who we are to God, who we are to ourselves, and who we are to others. If any of these three perspectives is wrong, our interpretation of God, ourselves, and others will be off. It is inevitable. Let me say it like this. If you don't understand who God is, who you are, who others are in your life, there is no way that you can walk in agreement or understand the will of God for that particular relationship. Many of us, and we've been talking about this, and I know I sound like an echo, but I, I just want to cram this into your spirit, are suffering from what we call an identity crisis, where we derive our definition and value from what we do well versus who God says that we are. An identity crisis is when the truth of who you are does not run consistent or parallel with the expression of who you are. Rather than seeking the face of the Father, we oftentimes seek the face of other people. Oh, Jesus. What do you see on my life? Do you have a word? And in 
instead of going to the source, we go to resources. Instead of going to the one who is, as Bishop Nelson said earlier today, the creator, we go to the created to find something that only he can put inside of us. Everyone say, I am revealed. I, I, I'm afraid tonight, and I, and I really hate to say this, but I, it's just the truth, that uh, I think that the church at large has forgotten a responsibility that we have. If we really think about what is going on in the world, we see a lot of chaos, a lot of disarray. Uh, but can I submit to you that one of the reasons, perhaps the primary reason, that we see so much chaos and disarray in the world is because there is so much chaos and disarray in the church. Uh, uh, just stick with me just for a little bit. It's going to be all right after a while. Uh, we see things on television. We see things in the media such as uh, Queer Eye. Uh, we see the celebration of, uh, of Bruce Jenner becoming Caitlyn. Uh, we see Rachel Dazier. We see Desmond the Amazing One. 10-year-old drag queen. We see all of these things in secular society being perpetuated, and if you pay attention, the world is suffering from an identity crisis itself. Why? Why do you say that? Because uh, they have been able, watch this, to pivot and to control the conversation that we're having. Because listen, the terms and the phrases that you use, whoever is controlling the conversation controls the thoughts and the narrative. As I was preparing for this, I was doing a lot of praying and researching about uh, issues concerning identity. Uh, and I came up with some words that, that, that seem to be very common and popular uh, in today's society concerning identity. Phrases such as gender confirmation surgery, uh, cis gender, binary versus spectrum, gender fluidity, pan-gender, uh, and literally we live in a society where a person can just wake up and decide, I want to be this, I want to be that, or all of a sudden I feel like I'm an I'm a old man, but sir, you, you're only 31, you're not 60. But because we live in such a, uh, 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 all things happen and everybody is okay in such a tolerant society, if you say anything in truth and even in love, it can be considered hate speech. Y'all don't hear me tonight. Uh, but, 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 but watch this, before we get righteously indignant with the perversion of the world, help me hear Jesus, we must be responsible and look at ourselves in the church. The scripture says that judgment begins at the house of the Lord. Uh, the Bible tells us that we are the body of Christ. We are uh, a city that is what? Set upon a, a hill. We are to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. There is to be a distinction. There is to be something that is different about the body of Christ. Everyone say, I understand that. Uh, there was a time when the church, brothers and sisters, was the moral standard of society. Uh, and if we allow our moral standard to become the world's norm, we are going to continue to see the world decay and go down the pit. Are you all awake tonight? Uh, one of the things that we have to begin to do as a church, and I say this not just to this body, but to all those who are watching live and who will hear this, we have to begin to have honest and real conversation 
about the issues that we are having. Amen, somebody. Uh, which brings me to my assignment tonight, and it is this, to unlock the I amness dimension of God in our lives. I want you to just touch somebody next to you and say, I am revealed. Come on, say it again. Say, I am revealed. Uh, and say it this, I'm about to see God like I've never seen him before. Uh, say it again, say, I'm about to see God like I've never seen him before. Uh, there is a geneticist, his name is Dean Hamer, and he came up with this theory called the God Gene. And, and this hypothesis proposes that there is a specific gene in every human being that predisposes us as humans toward spirituality or mystic experiences. Uh, essentially, within every human being, there is an innate connection to the divine realm. Uh, he suggests that it is literally a part of our physiological makeup. Uh, and he suggests that it is literally a part of our DNA, uh, that there is something inside of us as human beings that wants to connect to a realm that is other than or outer than or something greater than. Uh, if you were to study and do some research on different cultures all throughout the world and all throughout history, you will see and you will note that they have even built monuments to what they would consider to be their gods. They, don't, they never heard of Jesus, but they believe in worshiping something. That they never heard of a praise break, but they believe in building monuments to something because there is in all of us an innate connection to the spirit realm. Uh, if you are awake, say, I am awake. Uh, it is a part of our genetic coding. It is a part of who we are as human beings. It is a part of what we consider to be our DNA coding. Uh, our DNA, brothers and sisters, is not, watch this, our essence, which deals with our characteristics or our nature, and it also deals with our expression or our behavior. Uh, if we're going to be honest, most of us have struggled with life and wrestled with life concerning nature versus nurture. If we're going to be honest, if we're going to be honest, most of us have fought against I know what I should do versus I know what I probably want to do. God, okay. Uh, there is something in all of us, there is a nature inside of us that is literally warring against our flesh. Let me help you here. Uh, uh, oh, the devil, okay. Let me help you here because one of the things that many saints do not understand is that you can be saved and you still have to deal with your flesh. God help me right through here. Let me just teach this because I, I need to help bring some deliverance to somebody because your body, everybody say my body. Your body, your physical body is predisposed to have earthly cravings. And because we have not been taught correctly, we oftentimes lose the battle between my divine nature and my earthly pool. Y'all, God help me here. Uh, and I want to just bring your attention to Genesis chapter number 30 uh, because this is a, a perfect picture uh, of this wrestling that takes place. This is what I call Jacob's fight. We see this again in Genesis chapter number 32. Uh, and there are several lessons that can be learned from this particular chapter. But one thing that I want to highlight that we see in this chapter is that Jacob went alone on the other side of the Jabak Ford River. Uh, why is this significant? Because when we are wrestling for our identity, 
We cannot do it in the company of everybody. God help me preach tonight. Uh, when you are wrestling for your identity, you have got to get it from the Father yourself. Can I say something here? I love coming to church. I love worshiping with the saints. I love congregating. But there is nothing like at home, by yourself, in your closet, in your car, in the shower kind of intimacy. Because you take off your mask. You ain't trying to be apostle nobody. You say, Lord, this is just me. I'm in a mood. I'm crazy. I'm stuck. You got to help me. There, there's something that comes about when there is just that alone time with the Father where you are moving and you are uh, beginning to see different facets of yourself in his presence. Do I have any witnesses right through here? Uh, everybody say, I am revealed. I am revealed. We're getting there. But, but let me just say this because one of the goals of our salvation is to restore our heavenly nature. Uh, the Bible says this, it says, uh, in him we live, we move, and have our being. He says, he says, therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by the art of man's devising. What is he saying? He is saying that the nature of God is not tangible. He is saying that the nature of God is operating on a different value system. Uh, the things that we value here on earth, he is saying God is far above that. He goes on to say, 2 Peter chapter number 1 verse 4, by which we have been given exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Listen, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Everybody say, I have his nature. Uh, say it again, say, I have his nature. Uh, it is this constant, again, tug of war when, when you are trying to figure out who am I going to be today? Y'all are going to be real with me right here. Who am I going to be today? Am I going to be the saved me? Am I going to be the kind of saved me? Or am I just going to have to close my blinds and be by myself? Uh, it, is this, it is this tug of war uh, that the scriptures talk about that deal with our nature. Our nature, brothers and sisters, is the engine behind your decision. Decisions. Our nature is the explanation for the expression. Our nature, brothers and sisters, is what God is calling for to be changed. I want you to lift your hands and say, Lord, crush my flesh. Come on, say it one more time. Say, Lord, uh, crush my flesh. Come on, say it again. Say, Lord, crush my flesh. I just begin to prophesy to you now that you're coming out of your shell, that things are dropping off of you. I prophesy that things that bothered you before will not continue to bother you. I prophesy that, just, oh, just being in this environment, there are some things that God is resurrecting inside of you. He is reminding you of your real nature. He is reminding you of your real self. He is reminding you of who he created you to be. Everybody say, I am revealed. Uh, come on and wake up just a little bit and say, I am revealed. 
Uh, let me begin to work our text here because uh, we've got a little bit of time to go, a little bit of ways to go. Uh, but I want you to put on your thinking cap, Ivy scholars. I want you to begin to consider some things uh, about Moses. I want you to begin to see this. His name Moses means drawn out. Uh, we know and we see in the beginning of his life that God protected him while he put his mother Jacobin and made a little ark, the Bible says, and put it in the Nile river and his sister Miriam the prophetess is prophetically overseeing his destiny we know the story of Moses how Pharaoh's daughter drew him out of uh, uh, the water but watch this uh, uh, Moses is what I call a classic case of nurture versus nature God help me here he, 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 was, he grew up by nature as a Hebrew but he was raised as an Egyptian uh, I'm not talking to anybody here he, he, he was living contrary to the culture in which he came from. I, I want you to think here. Uh, he came up in a different class, a different culture. They worshiped a different God. They had a different history. Uh, but God shows us through the man Moses that God can and will use anybody uh, and snatch an individual life to make the life of an entire nation better to be what she is. Uh, some of y'all missed your opportunity to shout because literally what I just told you is the reason why you've been going through what you're going through. Uh, I literally just told you why you're having to go through what you're going through and it seems like everybody else around you is cool. The reason why is because the Bible says that God placed the, the solitary in families. In other words, God through the life of Moses says, you know what? I I've heard the cry of my people. I understand that there has to be some type of earthly intervention and I'm not going to do it myself. I'm going to raise somebody up that has a, 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 a stuttering problem. I'm going to raise somebody up who is struggling with his identity. I'm going to raise somebody up who they did not see coming. I'm going to raise somebody up who is going to be able to reveal my am my amness. Come on and just high five somebody and say, I am revealed. I, I am revealed. Watch this. Moses did not fit in his surroundings. He was culturally, socially, emotionally, and spiritually in no man's land. He is what I call a mutt. Everybody say a mutt. I uh, don't get offended by this because again, a mutt, brothers and sisters, is a mixed breed. Now watch this. If you know anything about genetics, when you breed two uh, uh, pure breeds and they have a child, what happens is uh, uh, the recessive gene that is the, the defect in the pure breed is bred out of the mutt. Let me say it like this. This is why mutts live longer. Uh, this is why that neighborhood dog that just never seems to die, that is always around, ain't ate for 10 days, but is still, you know what I'm talking about. So why? Because there is something inside, God help me here, there is something inside his genetic code that has gotten rid of the defects of his mother and gotten rid of the defects of his father. I wish y'all would hear me. Would you just bump somebody and say the mutts are coming? The mutts are coming. Don't be offended by it. Come on, say I'm a mutt. 
I'm mixed. I, I know I know a little bit of Jay Z and I know a little bit of Byron K. Y'all don't hear me. I, I, I'm a mutt. I, I, I was raised in church, but I know how to get my groove on on the weekends because I wasn't always saved. saved. God, okay, y'all won't play me. So he is a mutt, y'all. He is a mixed breed. He he is somebody that we cannot readily identify as someone who would be qualified to bring the glory of God back to the people of Israel. Come on and shout glory one good time right here. Uh, in other words, you're not strange. You're not weird. You're not misplaced. You are a much. You are a much. Oh, y'all looking at me. I think it's cute. Y'all think it's funny, but I'm speaking to your identity because many people don't understand that God has meticulously designed the seasons of your life. That God has meticulously allowed certain people to cross your paths. That God has meticulously allowed your third grade teacher to hit you and to abuse you so you can grow up into something that you would not have known had you been through that. Everybody say, I'm a much. Uh, say it, come on, say, I'm a much. I'm mixed. I, I, I know a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Uh, but watch this. One of the major demons that much must overcome is rejection. God, help me preach here. Because you have to understand. Because you don't nicely fit into this category. And you don't nicely fit into this category. You're kind of wondering in no man's land. You're not churchy enough for them. But they never invite you to the parties. They never tell you about the get-togethers. They never tell you. They never come and support you. You are a mutt. And I just want to tell you that the mutts are coming. But before you get there, you've got to deal with your rejection. Before God can release you, you've got to deal with flexonacinylopilification, which is a fancy word of saying that you esteem as worthless. God, help me here. When you are suffering from rejection, you may not get the affirmation, God, help me preach, that you think that you need from people and voices. Can I just talk to y'all? You may not get the affirmation. You may not get the pat on the back. You may not get the calls. You may not get the text messages. You may not get the emails. You may not get the invitations. But there's one I know God face to face. Y'all didn't hear me. See, it was the rejection of both sides that qualified Moses to go into the presence of God and be called a friend of God. It was the rejection of him that gave him the gravitas to say, God, if you don't go with me, then I'm not going. I know what it's like to be raised in Pharaoh's house. I know the army. I know the artillery. I understand his resources. And I don't have all of that. I don't have the letters behind my name. I don't have the resources of an entire nation. But one thing that I do have going for me is a relationship. Come on and shout glory.
to rock myself to sleep at night. One thing that I have going for me is I'm able to have a testimony that God has brought me on the other side of this thing. Come on and shout glory to God. I'm almost there where I want to be, but I feel God beginning to push me here because many of you are beginning to identify in your mind the struggles and God just told me to tell you that he's about to redefine how you have seen your trauma. God, oh, he just told me shy. He just told me he's about to show you the pain, but you're not going to look at it the same way. He just, oh God, who am I talking to? The child station will not have the same sting that it did before. Why? Because you're an ID con and you understand that God wastes nothing. If he allowed it to happen in my life, he was making me, he was perfecting me, he was poor, he was building something in me that my had to be a part of. I wish you would give God about five seconds of unadulterated, unrestricted praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're almost there. We're almost there. Lord, help me here. But one of the things that you have to understand about rejection is that rejection oftentimes comes with anger issues. God, help me preach here. Can I be transparent? One of the things that rejection has with it is anger issues. Now, my brother, my sister, anger is just misplaced hurt. God, help me here. Before you cast the person away who has the anger issue, now ask them, why did you do that? Ask them, are you okay? Y'all didn't hear what I said. When you are suffering from rejection, you don't have all the answers as to why you feel the way that you feel. When you're suffering from rejection, you are like Moses, and you're going to hit the rock instead of speaking to the rock. When you are suffering from rejection issues, God is going to have to take you just like Moses through a burning bush experience. Can I preach this here? If you're going to come to the place where God is going to get the best out of your life, I told you a few minutes ago, it's going to have to be in a season when you are by yourself. Some of us are afraid of being alone. Some of us are so afraid of our own thoughts. We can't drive in the car unless the radio is on. But I declare in Jesus' name that you're coming to a place where the connection with the Father is going to be stronger like never before. Before I sit down tonight, God is going to restore some joy that you lost along the way. Come on and shout glory to God. It's the burning bush experience. Now watch this. I love this. I'm going to try not to run through that door. Because we always think, and it was taught in such a way, that Moses literally saw a bush that was burning. Can I submit to you that the bush was not burning? It was how he saw it. God, help me here. As I was driving here tonight, can I just take a little detour? As I was driving 
here tonight, Dr. Matisha. The Lord said, and it came to me, he said, we're so doctrinal that we cease to be supernatural. We're so educated that we miss the unexplainable. So he had this burning bush experience. And when Moses took away from that, it was a prophetic sign. And that was that God was saying that you are that bush, Moses, and you are going to burn. But you are not going, oh, you are not going to be consumed. He said, Moses, there's going to be difficulties up ahead. But I want you to understand that there is grace for that. I want you to understand that it's going to cost you something, but I'm going to be with you, Moses. I feel like preaching here in about five minutes. Notice what else happens in that burning bush experience. The Bible says that he said, take off your shoes, for the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. Can I tell you, that doesn't mean he came off his sandals, but literally what it means is, I need you to disregard the days of your past. Y'all didn't hear me. Is I need you to disregard the former ways that you walked in. Remember, known unto Moses is all the ways of the Egyptians. So he said, you walk in the ways of the Egyptians all of your life. You walk in the way of the pagans all of your life. But for the next you in. You've got to learn how to walk a different way. The next slow, the next season I'm bringing you into. You've got to learn how to walk away from some folks. The next season God says that I'm bringing you into is not going to make sense, but you've got to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You've got to learn how to walk with with all mankind because God said if I'm going to use you in this next season you've got to be able to walk holy oh God walk holy before me can I tell you that holiness is not a dress code but it is an inner transformation that will hit your dress code y'all didn't hear me uh, glory to God. I'm almost where I want to be. So notice as we continue on with this text, as he is talking with Moses, he says, Moses, Moses, I'm in chapter 3, verse 4. He said, Moses, Moses, and I love his response. His response in the Hebrew is, which means here I am. It means here I am, not because you are blind, God. But I'm submitting my entire life to you. Here I am, God. Here's my issues. Here's my stutter. Here's my anger issues. Here's my re oh God. Here's my rejection. Here's all of my depression. He said, Here am I. He said, Come now. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh and bring my people Israel out of Egypt. And then Moses, like all of us would have done, begin to go down the resume and say, God, I'm not qualified to go to the king. God, I don't have my degree. God, what do you mean I'm just a Jimmy from the block? God, I don't want me. I, I, I was home. 
homeless at one point. Me, if you catch me on a bad day, I may push somebody out. Why are you sending me to the king Pharaoh? Come on and shout, I am revealed. Come on, say, I am revealed. And God said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign that I have sent to you. And when the children ask, who are you to come to us? When they ask, God, I'm about to run through that door. When they ask, by what name, who deputized you to come to me? What you say, Moses, is I am that I am. Oh, God. Some of y'all heard me. Some of you didn't. Oh, that don't make sense, God. No, I need a name. No, you miss me, Moses. You tell them I am who I am has sent me. Y'all don't hear me. I'm going to try it again. I need a name. What bishop sent you? I need to know. I need a name. What, what organization do I tell them? No. You said I am. Who I am sent me here. That's what you tell them. Come on and say, I am revealed. Come on, say, I am revealed. I'm really trying not to run through that door. And you see, y'all know I'll do it. But then he said, just say to the children, I am. And I look this word up, Dr. Melvin. And I'm trying not to run here. But it literally is a compound word, which means God is saying, I'm putting my full weight behind the purpose, behind everything that follows I am. behind it is that I will become whatever I need to become. I am able to do exceeding abundantly above that you can ask or think. Watch this. According to the power that works in you. It's not up here. It's in you. One more time. Say, I am revealed. Ah. Say, I am revealed. That's all. Say, I am revealed. Well, who are you talking about? You or God? You figure it out. Say, ah. I am revealed. Well, what are you going to tell them? Say, I am revealed. Well, what are you worth of money? I am revealed. Well, where is the support? Come on and shout glory to God one good time. Glory to Jesus. And so let me close here. Watch this. In Exodus chapter number 7, verse number 1, God told Moses, He said, See, I have made you in the God class unto Pharaoh. Y'all didn't hear this. Can I offend your religious mind? Can I can I can I can I offend your religious mind? Oh God. Sometimes we get so doctrinal and so strong. 
scriptural to the point that we miss the point of the scriptures. If, uh, if God said, you tell them I am, he did not say, come in the name of Jehovah. He did not say, come in the name of anything. But he said, come in, I am. Why can I talk like that? Because I have changed the perspective of your enemy that they will see you like a God. Y'all miss what I said. God said, I've already made you a God unto Pharaoh. So now I need you to begin to walk out your I amness in the earth. Whatever it is that is causing you not to, to walk in victory, I dare you to get on your feet, visualize it in your mind, and begin to walk and say, I am healed, I am whole, I am loved, I am secure, I am healed, I am loved, I am secure. Spirit and humans is dust. 
So the word you men is a hybrid word of spirit and flesh. And so here is Jesus, the first man created in the image and likeness of God. Watch this. How can I say that? Because he was crucified from before the foundation of the world. Which meant he had to be the firstborn of many brethren that we can look at and follow after. Y'all don't hear me. He is the prototokos, the prototype. Watch this. So if he can say before Abraham was, I am, you can say before my molestation was, I am. Before my rejection was, I am. Before my bankruptcy was, I am. Before my divorce was, I am. Before the car accident was, I
Okay, let me quit being. Let me just say it like this. You're afraid of an enemy that's already afraid of you. And you don't even know that he's afraid of you. And that's why you're talking to God, making excuses as to why you won't go confront him. Oh, Jesus. See, now I'm starting to feel prophetic. You got there with my smile? And what I'm trying to get you to understand, beloved, is the present tense of I am is revealed the past tense through your present actions. Because God gets the glory when his will is accomplished. And if his will was already established way back here, oh God, y'all don't hear me. When you encounter a problem right here, what he says is, I need you to activate ancient I am-ness to be whatever, get whatever you need in the past, bring it to your present, confront your issues, and say, I will be whatever I need to be for this situation. I'm trying to minister to your self-esteem. Walk 
is a counterfeit of the real thing in heaven. We dismiss stuff because the kingdom of darkness has perfected their craft. Y'all don't hear me. Right, 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 right.
Y'all feel that? My God. I am revealed. Come on, open up your mouth right now. Begin to make your I am statements in regards to that thing. I am rich. I am in a healthy marriage. Oh, Jesus, come on, somebody. I am that business owner. I am healed. It's too quiet in here. I need you to open up your mouth and begin to make some declarations over your own life. Come on, this is the identity conference. Come on, you need your identity back. Get your value back. Get your purpose back. Get your name back. Get your ministry back. Get your money back. Get your sanity back. Get your anointing back. That's a part of your identity. I am healed.
command rejection to leave. I command your anger to leave. I command your rebellion to leave. I command your low self-esteem to leave. You will not make decisions trying to get attention because of your self-esteem. You will not make decisions trying to solidify your identity. Your There's another wave coming, come on. I feel it right here. There's another wave coming. There's another wave coming. There's another wave coming. There's another wave coming. Another wave of glory. Another wave of power. Another wave of increase. Another wave. Another, oh God. Another wave. Lift your hands. Another dip. Another flow. Come here, Pastor Miller. Another flow. Another flow. Another anointing. Come here, sir. Stand right here. Come on. Another flow is coming. Another flow is coming. Increase. Revelation. Increase. Revelation. Increase. Revelation. Increase. Revelation. Now. Now. In the name of the Lord. I want every mother at this altar now, in the name of Jesus. I want every mother at this altar now, quickly, 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 help me, Mario. Help me, help me, help me. I need every mother up here. I give you an anointing to be able to intercede for your children like never before. There is a perfect anointing upon every mother. There's a perfect anointing upon every mother. There's a perfect anointing Oh, 
middle of the night and snatch your kids out of danger, snatch your grandkids out of danger, you all, oh, and God is going to hear you, and God is going to respond to you, and you're going to be released. Use your authority. 
Thank you. 
made a commitment to the Lord that I was going to give in the offering every single week. Now let me set the context up for you. I have not worked a secular job since 2012. So 2015, every Sunday, $75, $50, $100, $75, $50. 2016, you say, wow, I actually made it. God deserves it. The increase. 100. 120 dollars. 150. Every week. This is the 
only thing that I'm going to say along the lines of amounts. If you can do better, don't just throw $2 in the offering plate. I challenge you tonight to sow into this atmosphere, this conference, this word. What does that mean? That simply means that you are putting your faith, you are, you are, you are visibly putting your, your faith in the vision. Thank you. 